Hey, true crime friends, I'm Danny. And I'm Brenna. And, and this, this is Lago Stories. Today's episode contains graphic information that some listeners may find disturbing. Listeners' discretion is advised. Oh my gosh, Bryn, can you believe this is our first season finale? Season one is coming to a close, y'all. I know. I'm so proud of us. We did technically 20 episodes, and I I feel like that's a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I'm honestly so proud of what we've accomplished and done in our first 10 months, and it has been so awesome, and it's even better that I get to do it with one of my best and longest friends. I agree. (laughs) Well, today's episode is another case suggestion, and this one is coming from one of my childhood friends. Thanks for listening, Kate. It means the world. Sending love to you and the family. I also felt like it was very appropriate to end it on a childhood friend case suggestion for our last episode, so thanks for the submission. This case was hard for me, as what happened could have happened to any one of us, and I know personally I found myself in similar situations that could have ended tragically different than they did. But with that, let's get into Miss Hannah Graham's story. Hannah was born in the UK, but her and her family moved to Virginia when she was young. Hannah was a fun, loving, and bright young woman. She dabbled in both music and sports. As she was in her high school marching band, was a fierce softball player and into ski racing. And I'm not going to lie, this Texan had to look up what ski racing was, and man, this post-hip replacement chick was scared after reading what it was all about. Yeah, I don't think I could ever ski. I tried <laughs> snowboarding as a kid, and that was no. Yeah, I, me and my I need hu- both feet. I need to balance with feet. <laughs> yeah, me and my husband had tried skiing one time, and we did the class, and I only fell once. He didn't fall at all, and then after that, I could barely walk. He went to try to ski, like, in real life, and oh, <laughs> he ended up no. walking down down the mountain because he was kept falling and he was like I can't do this no so I really wanted to go up on the ski lift and so I did but then I realized I have to get down, down. <laughs> yeah so I was like all right we're just gonna go for it I was maybe like 10 I was still in gymnastics then and I went for it and then <laughs> while I'm going down I'm like I don't know how to stop so I'm just gonna lean forward and catch myself with my arms and literally just face planted because I didn't know how to stop Uh, yeah I I couldn't and then just imagine trying to do that as fast as you can down Mm. a mountain was not into it Hannah had an interest in helping others and participating in local nonprofit work to help those in need This mentality continued into her studies as she was studying at the University of Virginia to pursue a career in global public health The one word that stuck with me the most during my research was potential. Hannah had an enormous amount of potential to change the world, and she did, just not in the way anyone could have ever imagined. September 13th, 2014 was the last time anyone would see Hannah Graham alive. As the first few weeks of the new semester had come and went, this spirited teen wanted to meet new people and celebrate being young. As she was making her way to the next party, she texted a friend that she believed she was lost which was not unusual as she had just recently moved into an off-campus housing complex and still trying to find her way around things. This message would start alarm bells when Hannah would never show up. The next day, a massive search started to find the student. Hundreds of volunteers searched around the small town of Charlottesville and the rural lands around it. Now, I do want to give you a bit of background into the surrounding area, Brenna. Charlottesville is a small student town 
where they're most famously known for the home of the University of Virginia, or UVA. But around that area is miles and miles of rural farming land. So what you would think would be a quote-unquote easy search turned into a much bigger task. And she was there for school, so just going back, she just wanted to kind of go out and meet new people and then got lost yeah, so she this was her second year. She was a sophomore, oh, um, and she was going out just meeting new friends. It, you'll see later that she kind of was party hopping and going out meeting new people. A lot of people were saying that she was popular, the life of the party. So she was just trying to go out and have a good time mm-hmm. as it they just got underwind after the first few weeks of the semester. So really, really early still in the semester. She just moved off campus housing and was just trying to make her way around to see people that she hadn't seen over the summer break or meet new people. Right away, police asked anyone if they had surveillance of Hannah or if she had passed by them through the night. A side-by-side of a picture of her and a still image from one of the surveillance tapes they were able to gather was plastered everywhere, and it worked. Footage and tips started coming from every direction. They were able to piece together Hannah's last steps and started building where she had ventured off to that night. There was one I found particularly disturbing where she was running across the street from a gas station that had captured footage of her. It sent chills down my spine as I can only imagine how scared she was of being lost after drinking with friends. I mean, it just, I didn't like it. Wait, she was running? Was she, like, what is she, was she running from something? Yeah, so this one kind of put a twist on the case because you can see her in the start of the frame she's walking and then all of a sudden she's running and not just like a casual jog she is sprinting Sprinting. and they hold it like obviously the camera is catching everything so after she's out of the frame there's nothing following her so it was just kind of one of those things they couldn't figure out what she was running from what was going on and that tends to be kind of like a running trend in this case of how this situation escalated It's a lot of very bizarre occurrences, and it ends up ending tragically, obviously. But it's just one of those things that they threw out there that they could not figure out how this fits into it. They couldn't figure out if she got a call, if someone walked, if she got spooked. It was just one of those things that it was just plastered everywhere because they could not figure out what was going on. Yeah, because I mean, if you're thinking about, okay, I'm lost... You're not going to start running because then you it's easier to miss things and pass up things. But mm-hmm. if there was nobody chasing her, but also there's alcohol involved. Yeah, so. that's what I was just going to say. She was also out drinking with her yeah. friends and having a good time. So, you know, those when you're in those situations and not familiar with your surroundings, it's really hard to judge. I've had friends that when they get drunk, they just start running and you have no idea why. Um, but I also have other people that kind of just shut down and sit and don't move so it, it's me. really hard. it's really and hard whiny to, I get whiny <laughs> it's hard to gauge those situations especially when there are other yeah. factors involved for sure one of those tapes they started to see a pattern the same man had walked a few steps behind Hannah until one of them it looked like they were arm in arm as they were walking together or as if he was holding her up this clearly alerted police and they surveyed the community once again The man was identified as Jesse L. Matthews Jr., who at the time was 32 years old. When police were able to obtain a search warrant for his apartment, they were able to find tons of unidentified evidence tying him to the disappearance of Hannah. 
one of those items was being her DNA. And I say unidentified just because they didn't publicly release what that evidence was, Mm. just to kind of clarify what I meant there. When police tried to bring Jesse in, he flees. At this time, the case had received nationwide attention, and good thing it did. A lot of it was hard to watch her parents cry out for information or just to end the nightmare they were forced to replay over and over, but it helped bring them one step closer. A tip came in from Galveston, Texas, that they had came across someone that looked very similar to the man under suspicion. Police were able to find him and bring him back to Virginia, where he would be arrested 11 days after Hannah's disappearance. Now under police custody, they were able to cross-reference Jesse's DNA, and he was found to be linked to another case five years earlier, a UVA student named Morgan Harrington. Whoa. Okay, well, first, kudos that 11 days after she first went missing, they were able to catch him. I like those. Mm -hmm. That amount of time. Not bad. But he was involved in another missing person? Yeah. And I'll get into her case a little bit. But as we kind of go through his background, I want you to come back later and give me your thoughts on what you think. Because there is a lot of, with him being there, there is a lot of very similar cases, disappearance, and murders that come up within this town and this area. And I want to get your thoughts on what you think after we kind of go through. So keep that in mind. Although the details of Morgan's murder were like Hannah's and a bit unclear, there's no doubting who committed the crime. Morgan was found dead in 2009 after stepping out of an arena during a Metallica concert and was unable to come back in. In a similar situation and state as Hannah, Jesse took full advantage of the situation and played on his strength for these women to ultimately meet their ends. Now, Jesse did not have a squeaky clean background. Jesse attended Liberty University on a fluoride scholarship for wrestling. But after allegations of sexual assault started to come out, Jesse left Liberty. This would be the beginning of sexual allegations against him. Even more recently, he was tied to the involvement of an ongoing lawsuit with Liberty University contributing to a, quote, campus environment where sexual assault and rapes are foreseeably more likely to occur, end quote. Wow. Okay, so... I mean, I guess you don't have to be big to be a wrestler, but was this guy like a bigger guy? Yeah, so he was a bigger guy. Um, He was a a very large guy, actually. And his career in high school, I I believe it was like 40 and 0. So it wasn't like he was not good (laughs) either. Like he was very large, very strong, and really knew how to kind of, I mean, essentially take somebody down yeah and he didn't know either hannah or morgan right he just saw that they were in a vulnerable state and took advantage of that yeah i really would like to get more information on like his background he doesn't really speak much again like you know the start of what happened and the end result but you don't know the in between Mm. there's not a lot of information on why he did this Um, But I would really be interested to kind of take a deep in that because both ladies started off in similar situations, right? So they Mm -hmm. were both enjoying time with their friends, drinking, and then ended up being lost. So either locked out of the arena and couldn't figure out how to get back in. um, And then Hannah on the other part going from party to party and then wound up being lost. Yeah. It was not until 35 days after Hannah's disappearance that her body was discovered on October 18th 
2014. She was found behind a house in a creek-like area. After investigators saw her body, they knew she had put up a fight. Jesse is now serving four consecutive life sentences for his crimes. It makes me wonder how many more people would have done this if he was not stopped. I also want to go back and see if you remember what consecutive means. Oh, God. (laughs) Okay, what was the other word? Consecutive and... Concurrently. Concurrent. Yeah. Okay, so consecutive was the, say it's 10 years... And then another 10 years, it wouldn't start until that first one ended. Yes, girl! Ah! <laughs> Pop so, quiz, my yeah. God. So essentially, he's never leaving prison. Good. Okay, mm-hmm. perfect. And I don't know if you mentioned it or if I missed it, but I'm assuming were they strangled to death? So I'm not really clear on how they They mentioned the cause of death yeah in my research it wasn't very clear on that um and i got a lot of conflicting Mm -hmm. reporting so i didn't want to include that Uh, but both cases they did say that a struggle ensued dang yeah Hannah's parents keep her spirit alive through many different channels. I came across an article that mentioned all the ways that she's still changing the world, so I wanted to share those with you today. Hannah's legacy lives on through scholarships, memorial awards, research to address violence against women, alternate spring break options to encourage students to give back, and the Hannah Graham Memorial Softball Tournament. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, I really like the alternate spring break yeah. and the scholarships. The one that really, really was awesome to me was the violence against women because I don't think people really understand that this is a thing. I know people still kind of put it in a box of like, oh, you're being dramatic or whatnot. Yeah. And it's like, no, it is a very serious thing. Or if thing. it does, ha- they admit that it happens, but they asked for it because the yes, way that they the were Yes, the blame game. Or, or, yeah. Exactly. So I thought that was really cool that they kind of put that out there and because I mean the only way it's going to change is awareness and Mm -hmm. really ultimately people standing up and supporting us for it you know so I I thought that was really cool as we enter into the seventh anniversary of Hannah's death I would encourage you to be more mindful when you are out and even more important to be mindful of the friends or people that you are with we have all been in Hannah or Morgan's situation we just had a different ending to that story I encourage all of our lady listeners out there to travel in packs, and not because we are weak, but because we are stronger together. The violence against a single woman versus those who travel together is night and day. I related to this case because this story could have easily been me. Hannah and I were at school at the same time, and the same love of living life, and would give any reason to celebrate. Yeah, I agree. And I... I still don't agree with the fact that we should have to always be aware and everything because it's not on us. It's majority of the time it's the men that's mm-hmm. doing it. So if we can find a way for them to just chill, <laughs> then we wouldn't have to. But at the same time, it's like you have to be aware. You have to kind of think the worst, you know, yeah. at sometimes or else, you know, it might end up differently, like you said. Yeah, and I think that's a good point of, like, we shouldn't have to, but we need to make sure we are aware because we don't want to just be caught in a situation just because we're relying on somebody else's good nature that's not always there. Yeah. But I want to go back. So a lot of the research was conflicting on kind of what all he was involved with because it's all allegations, right? Mm -hmm. So there were 
over five other women during a time period that he lived. So one of the things about Jesse is that where he committed his crimes was very centralized. So he didn't move around a lot like some of the other people we talk about that bounce from city to state to country even. Mm -hmm. Um, He really stayed in a very small area. And there are over five women in a little bit over of a decade at UVA where they went missing or were found murdered in very similar situations. And I mean, obviously from a young age, he was already being accused of allegations against other women, whether that be sexual assault. I mean, one of them, he was even actually charged with assaulting her um, and some people as young as 11 or 12. Wow. Yeah, he was at the campus and it was middle schoolers going for a debate camp or, you know, you know, just those camps that you go to universities to kind of experience yeah. what it's like and came back and pressed allegations against him. Wow. Yeah. So I want to get your thoughts on kind of what you think um, on his background and all of that. I mean, I I definitely have to go back to his childhood. I know we don't know about it, but I can speculate just from the other cases that I've seen that something had to have happened in his childhood or maybe like an abusive relationship, not with like mother or father necessarily, but somewhere in there because it seems like he doesn't even have a preference. He's just... He just wants to sexually assault anyone that he can find. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting that you bring that up because actually in trial, one of his ex-girlfriends came up and said the reason that he is the way he is is because he was raped as a child. Uh, later on, they came back to try to get her to come back and like do an interview, do mm-hmm. updates or whatnot. And she did end up refusing to speak. But it's really interesting that you brought that up because I wasn't going to include that in there unless I was prompted. <laughs> and I mean, you're right. The cycle has to end somewhere and yeah. some people can't break that cycle. Yeah, it's just so unfortunate because obviously, again, no child or any person deserves to have that trust broken to have to go through that trauma but at the same time like you said like it has to be broken but like how how do we do that Mm -hmm. yeah and again i just want to go back and reiterate how everyone should not be afraid to go out and have a good time just making sure we're aware of the situations we're putting ourselves in like i said this case was quite hard for me to go through because it just kind of triggered that, oh my gosh, this could have happened to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm the first to say I love to go out and have a good time. I love being with people. I'm an extrovert to the max. Um, so I definitely love it. But it's just making myself more aware of sometimes you could put yourself in dangerous situations without knowing it and just being mindful of that. And especially just making sure you're going out with people that are going to look out for you as well. Absolutely. And I'm laughing because, <laughs> as you said, extroverted, I'm literally wearing a sweatshirt that says introverted right now. I didn't even notice that. Introverted and willing to hiss. <laughs> There's a cat on it, y'all. There's a cat. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. But no, and I have been in that same situation as well. And it really could have happened to anyone because, and again, like it's not anyone's fault except for the perpetrator, Mm -hmm. but it sucks. It really sucks that we have to be responsible and always look out for one another. But 
Yeah. At the same time, like, you have to. Exactly. You have to. So, ladies, we really encourage you guys to stay in packs and stick together because, you know, the future's female, right? Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. But with that, we will close our final episode of season one. We would love to hear your feedback on this case. Leave us a comment or review. If you have a case suggestion for our 2022 season, you can reach out through our website at lagostory.net. You can also check out all of our source material for this episode while you're there. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook for updates for our season two. We will be back with a new episode next year. So until then, stay safe out there. It's a weird world. Thank you to Alexander Nakarada for allowing us to use his sound, Nightmare, for theme music.